Hey, it's your girl Ashley Easton, founder of the Amateur Expert brand, and you're not gonna believe what we have coming up for you next. Ooh, tell me more. Hello, 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 everybody. It's your girl Ashley, the Amateur Expert, coming to you live today for this episode of the Amateur Expert Podcast. Super excited to have our guest, Monet Everett on today. She was actually on a couple of months ago on um, Asking for a Friend, so I'm excited to have her on this segment so that we can see and talk about her career path, her idea of success, and the tips and motivators that she used along the way. I hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited. Hi everyone, thank you for joining. As soon as we get Monet in here, we'll get started. Want to give you guys an update on Affirmed Armor. We did a photo shoot yesterday and we are getting closer and closer to the launch. So I hope you guys are all following at Affirmed Armor on Instagram. We also just started a Facebook page. I haven't used Facebook in so long, but I'm trying to stretch myself and do what's best for the business. So I'm super excited um, for you guys to see that. Okay, Monet is in the room, so let's get started. Hey, Monet, how are you? I'm so good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I love to hear that you're so good. Most people say like, oh, I'm all right, whatever. So love the energy. Let's get started. So yes. my dear Monet, thank you for being back on the show. You were one of the first um, uh, guests to be on um, Asking for a Friend. So I'm super excited to have you back today to tell us about your career path and all the exciting things that you have going on today. So... Um, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are and what you're doing currently for work. Sure. So, yeah, I, I got to bring the energy because I woke up feeling not the greatest today. So, uh -huh. I got to bring the energy. And, like, are we here twinning today? I was I literally going to say, I am here for Before we get it. into the formalities, let's talk about the hair of the situation. Yes, honey. I felt, like, I felt like I needed to come correct today. You know, like, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's okay, it's whatever. But today I was like, let me make sure I put extra gel, extra shine, extra va-voom for you. Oh, no, you you cute, you cute. Okay, <laughs> all right. For those who don't know, I'm Monet Everett. I am um, a hairstylist who's been in the game almost two decades. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I, I don't believe it. A long time, yeah. I work a lot with celebrities and brands so I work more in the entertainment sector I'm also a professional public speaker so sometimes I may speak about diversity and inclusion within the beauty uh, industry as well as educating in the beauty industry and I recently released my second book boom hey love the promotion yes yeah, second get book get out of your own way get out of your own way get out of your own way so it's important. time for us to kick open these doors and I realized that uh, we have a lot of diversity and inclusion problems because uh, these industries are so elusive people simply don't have access mm -hmm. it's not that they don't have the talent they don't have the access so I thought back to uh, when I first started well what hairstylist could I talk to and there were none because it wasn't even freaking super, um, social media so I yeah. figured let's work towards changing this I love that. Okay, so Monet, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? And what was the motivating factor behind that? Oh, the only thing any little girl would possibly ever want to be, which was a professional singer. Yes. Like, okay. what else could you want to be? And it was like horrifying when I learned I couldn't sing. Horrible. Who was your favorite singer at the time? Like, who were you trying to emulate? I don't know. I just wanted to be up there. I don't know, um. maybe... Sometimes I might say Janet Jackson, and it worked because I couldn't sing, so, like, it would have been great to be her. 
or something. But then I found out I can dance. So oh, it was okay. like, yeah. You have to have one or the yeah. other. It was, it was, it was hard. Um, sometimes it was Mary J. Blige, just uh, C.C. Peniston. It was just like mm. whoever was fly. Like, I am far from a little girl, but I am still captivated with performers. So, yeah, I love somewhere along those lines. And so when you, before you realized that that wasn't going to be your destiny, right? Um, what did you think success was when you were younger, when you were achieving or not achieving, but sort of like chasing that dream? Like what, um, what was so exciting or enticing about that for you? You know, I read the questions, but I wanted to fill them when you asked me. And mm. I, now that I think about it, I think success for me at that time was people stopping to listen to you to hear what you had to say like they weren't telling you oh you think you're so smart or you think you're so cute like people would want to hear what you had to say and you could give them a feeling and then yeah. you know when they left your show or turned the channel they were like girl did you see this did you see what she wore did you see how she moved yeah. you know I, I think maybe that was power and then I'll, I'll school you on the other two things I thought were uh, power um, being a woman was red lips and big mm. boobs. Love that. And so, you know, you see, I kind of still aspire to that. And I'll save you from the rest of the view. But trust me, that don't make you a woman. <laughs> Look, I'm aware because I have neither. But here we are. <laughs> um, okay. So once you realize that you couldn't sing um, and dance, because you said it, not me. Um mm -hmm. Well, tell me about your journey. How did you, um, how did you transform into this powerhouse of a celebrity stylist, uh, or I'm sorry, hairstylist, a um, author, a public speaker? Like, what was that journey like for you? It was full of ups and downs and loops, and I'm really giving this some thought when we're speaking. I think, um, well, I know I was always super opinionated and the response I always got was like, if you can't say, if you can't do better, you shouldn't say anything or why you think you know so much or, you know, it was always mm -hmm. something where I felt like, okay, I get that all of these people who are bigger than me are saying this, but I don't think it's right. Mm -hmm. I do think that I can be a child with opinions. I, I do think that given a little bit of education, I can do better. So, um, a lot of people in my family had not gone to college. So since okay. I was smart, they had decided I was smart enough to go to college, which is an absolute blessing. But I'm saying this to say there was no thought of doing anything mm -hmm. other than going to college. And I remembered hearing them say, like, how great it is to go to college on one hand, because that makes you whatever. But on the other hand, everybody's broke in college. And I was like, no, ma'am, the, the two cannot correlate for me. Right, for sure. I don't want to be smart and broke. I just don't Amen. understand how you can do both. Mm -hmm. So I thought I would just do hair and makeup while I was in college to be able to support myself because all of these pe people with these wonderful opinions, none of them were paying my tuition. Baby, so let's talk and, about that. <laughs> isn't that funny? None of them were paying my tuition. But um, mm -hmm. I would have been, and I would have, had my cosmetology license and graduated from high school with it, but my grandmother conspired with my high school counselor and they said I was too smart to mm -hmm. take cosmetology. But when I could have graduated high school my junior year or graduated high school with a cosmetology license my senior year, all of a sudden it was, e. we'll let her take cosmetology. So I took cosmetology my senior year in high school, my freshman year in college, while I was going to school full time and interning at the radio station. 
Love that. And what were you studying in school? Communication. So okay. uh, radio and TV and public relations, things of that nature. And I enjoyed it. But, you know, school is not like working in the real world. You get what I'm saying? So I was like, so towards the end of it, I said, okay, I'll get this degree. But I was really bummed my senior year in college, and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I heard a lady in the salon saying uh, her biggest dream was to be a celebrity hairstylist. Never had I heard of this. Wow. There was no thought. There was no thought process to me about the people on TV and yeah. who did their hair. Mm-hmm. There was no thought to me about the people on the magazines. So I think I was asking when I was 17 or 18, um, and I know I was like mesmerized. We still talk. I was like, what do you mean celebrity hairstylist? Do they make more money? Yeah. Mm. Take photos of their work? Whoa, I, I just could not believe this. So that's my senior year. I did a lot of studying. I found out about... Um, what that entailed, at least, you know, for the level for me to pursue it. Okay. Um, when I graduated college, I gave my mama the degrees, and I said, I'm going to be a celebrity hairstylist. Okay. Yeah, that's not how that works. Oh. That's, but that's, you had the goal and the dream, so let's hear more about that. I had the goal and the dream, but the, I, I felt like I'm going to tell everybody I have a college degree, and they'll hire me. Ma'am, no one cares if you have a degree if you're a hairstylist. Like, it doesn't... Mm. It doesn't that it doesn't specifically open up that door for you. Yes, that's you can point. use those skills, mm-hmm. but that's not what you went to school for, so it don't work that way. For sure. Yeah, so um, I learned a lot of tough lessons. I went back into the salon, became a salon manager, took a crap load of classes. A lot of people think that um, when you work a trade, you get your license and that's all that matters. No, your license only basically gives you license to really learn and practice. You're not prepared to take on anything at that point. So I took a lot of classes. I volunteered on a lot of photo shoots, runway shows. Like I remember I was um, the key hairstylist for runway shows at clubs at night because when people come to a club, of course they want to see a runway show and focus on the hairstylist. That's all they came for, right? But, you know, you, you make a lot out of what you have and those yeah. were the opportunities I had at the time and it helped me to build um, my skill my brand work with all hair textures and make connections and that's the most important part look you know how I how I go if I'm on here talking y'all can at least be getting some parts <laughs> so Instagram know I'm worth listening to <laughs> at least that so Ashley you know it was worth having me absolutely hit us with some hearts folks so on your journey um what do you think was the biggest lesson? Oh my God, so many lessons. So many lessons. Um, I would say the biggest life lesson that I have to relearn every week is most of my problems started with this phrase. All I said was... Ooh. Ooh. Let's talk about that. Girl, that's, clearly that's the problem. Let's talk about it too much. Clearly that's the problem. Or, you know... I say that in jest, um, but when you don't know what to say or do, a lot of times you say or do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Yeah. Or when you don't understand, I hate to say your place, but sometimes it does come down to that. Sometimes it, it does come down to um, not reading the room mm-hmm. or um, realizing God gave you two ears and one mouth. Like I just last year told my boyfriend, I was like, holy crap. I think I just realized what two ears and one mouth means. Not, you know, of course, you know, it means yeah. to listen more. But not only does it mean to listen more, it means 
to learn more. You can learn more when you're literally, you literally cannot hear if you're talking when someone else is talking. That's so, a, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so what is your idea of success today? Well, my idea of success today is freedom to be able to do the things that make me feel good, the things mm -hmm. that I want to do, which include giving back and helping other people. Like I'd say on a weekly basis, I get a, um, a DM or an email from someone who's like, you gave me this advice some years ago and it worked, or I saw you in passing and I asked you three questions and you stopped and answered them and I really used them. I think that it's a blessing to be a blessing. So um, that's success. Um, my personal opinion, which may not be for everyone else, I don't have a family, but to me that's success. Um, to properly run a happy family that mm -hmm. is proud to be family, um, that would be a form of success for me. Another form of success would be to be able to pass down generational wealth to my family. Like I, my family did the absolute best they could with me and their best was telling me to go to college. Mm -hmm. That was, they were unable to imagine any other life mm -hmm. other than that to them, that was success. For me, I was so blessed to put myself through college that I'm blessed enough to know that there are other paths to success. Yeah. And I think that it took experience to learn that. When I look at my nephews and they're, they're like, or when I speak at cosmetology schools and people ask me, so in order to be good, I got to go to college, right? And I, I am able to, with confidence, say, um, that's not the case. You know, mm -hmm. I'm blessed that I have degrees, but there are trades, there are associate schools, there's hands-on. And if you are blessed to learn early what you want to do and God gives you the ability to focus um, and be disciplined enough to learn it, you can create your own. College is wonderful for those for sure. it's wonderful for. for sure. um, but I can now look at that and see it's a blessing that I'm able to think outside of the box and even talk about supporting. Like, I haven't punched the clock in years. So that. prayerfully in 10 years, I'll have a family and be able to say I can stay home with my family or run my business from home and I don't have to travel or I don't have to um, have my family make do because mm -hmm. ends are short. And oh, I hope I'm not rambling, girl. You well, know we, I can, we, can, we, can, we can touch and agree on that, that the family and, agree, yes. and the, uh, the success is, is coming and I'm looking forward to seeing you thrive in that, um, in that arena in your life. Thank you, ma'am. Um, so you talked about speaking at colleges um, and at hair schools and just in general. Um, so what are some things that you learned in college while pursuing your degree that have helped you excel as a celebrity hairstylist? And that question came from the chat from Tierra. Yeah, I thought you. I saw something in there like that. Okay, so and I, and I think she specifically said she was going to school for communications. Um, uh, as well. I think so. Okay. Communications, I love that my degree is in communications because the bottom line is how do you speak to people? Mm -hmm. And I have learned communicating is your, so networking is your number one job. No matter what you think you're doing, it's networking. And your number 1.5 job is being able to communicate. So learning how to hear what people are really saying. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you got to, and my minor was sociology, which is the study of groups. Sometimes mm -hmm. you got to go real deep under what they're saying because what they're saying doesn't make sense i don't know uh i'll give you a small example sure i wasn't allowed to go get my hair done or wear makeup in school um when i was lived in my mama's house it just wasn't gonna happen 
Mm -hmm. um, she had her reasons, but then I overheard her boyfriend saying like he really didn't respect women specifically that wore red lips. It reminded him a horse. Wow. I don't know that have nothing to do with how that has anything to do with anything, but in his mind. So I can go and work with a client and my focus is hair. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised at things like you can pull up a hairstyle. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Why? My mom always told me I was too fat underneath mm -hmm. hair, but they're not going to tell you that in the beginning. Yeah. Or um, don't put the the part there it draws too much um, um, attention. Don't put height here um, because that's considered a southern hick look. Like it. it and Getting to the bottom of things is so important. And it helps you to understand. Yeah. And my communication comes in um, because I have to find a way to speak to them in a way that they feel comfortable with what I'm saying mm -hmm. and they don't feel attacked. Because if I just say, why? What's wrong with it? Mm -hmm. Maybe their mama spoke to them that way. Maybe they yeah. great, you know, their grandmother that got saddled with them treated them that way. And no one can explain to you in that brief second why you're having a problem. But now you're having a problem getting across. Yeah. You know how they say, like, some people just don't mesh or just don't click. And it's yeah. not for any particular other reason than you remind them of something that um, they don't like or they yeah. remind you of something that they don't like. And sometimes I got to break through all of that in, the be in moments because if I'm giving it a lot of time to work with somebody, mm -hmm. I don't get to push that time back. I am yeah. expected to make them happy within that allotted amount of time period. So if I got five minutes before they're supposed to be on that stage and they're back here telling them, telling me how they feel ugly, it's probably faster for me to break through their issue than it is for me to change the style. Yeah, I love that. Because nobody cares that. at the end mm -hmm. why they weren't happy. If they weren't happy and they're mm -hmm. not on stage on time, guess where I'm not? I'm not coming back. I'm right. not booked again. That's good. And so that's that. those are things that no one thinks about, yeah. right? Like Absolutely. people and people say like your stylist is like your therapist and things of that nature, your stylist and your bartender, usually your mm -hmm. therapist. Um, but the fact that you have the wherewithal to know that that's a part of your um, or making you stick out as, you know, yeah. as as an awesome stylist. Um, I love that. So you said that one of the lessons that you learned is um a part of communication, right? Like I, um, I, um, I, all I said was, or, you know, so, yes, um, can you tell me something else that you have learned or you're still in the process of learning that you wish you have learned sooner? Well, that, that takes up a massive amount of my time learning how to shut up. Uh, let me think of some more stuff. Cause you hit me with some good questions. Something else that I wish I would have learned. Oh, I mean, now all of a sudden I'm flooding with stuff. You can't make anybody do anything, period. Mm -hmm. I don't care what or how. You cannot make anybody do anything. You are far better off um, getting on someone's good side and um, having them want to do whatever they want to do, but you cannot force them. You can't force somebody to pay um, something they're supposed to pay. You can't force um, somebody to treat you a different way like you simply can't make anyone do anything and what you'll realize is that most of the lessons I'm telling you about are uh, 
more soft skills rather than mm -hmm. hard skills because yeah. most of us can go to school and learn hard skills. Yeah, absolutely. So soft skills will get you every time. They're so every important. Time. So important. Someone in the chat asked if you can talk about a cosmetology graduate looking to assist in the entertainment industry. Oh, I absolutely can talk about that. So, um, as I said, I've been in this game almost 20 years. And in the beginning, I didn't see the importance of assisting um, entertainment, celebrity, working on fashion week shows. I, I just thought, well, I'm so great. I don't have to. Mm. Wrong again. Whatever lessons you need to learn that you will learn from assisting will wait for you, whether you assist in year one or year 10. So when I moved to New York at year 10, I got to assist and learn those lessons. But probably what you're asking is, how can I get to the point where mm. I can assist? Yeah. So, and get out of your own way, we go over that in detail. Love we that. talk about how you prepare your work so that someone will find it attractive. We talk about how you reach out to these artists. I tell you exactly what to say in the DMs. Uh, people, I think because they seriously do not know what to say, say the craziest stuff to me. Like I put up a post with India Moore from Pose the other day and someone wrote the comment. They literally wrote the comment, oh, this Never. is my fave. You should have brought me to work with her. So what you're saying is you would have happily taken my job. This is. And I'm sure they didn't mean it that way. I think they don't know what to say. Yeah. Or um, the next time you need me so you can do your client, you should book me and fly me out. Mm. If I didn't need you for any of my clients before, why would I need you for this client now? And I'm not even going to tell you about getting flewed out. I'm trying to get flewed out too. Yeah, right. Like it, it doesn't work that way. So um, I specifically tell you how to slide in their DMs what to say to them to get their attention and uh, how to direct the conversation. Um, I even talk about, for those of you who specifically want to work with celebrities, who to reach out to that mm. book celebrities. Yeah, Key point, it's not the celebrity. Yeah. So while you're DMing them like crazy and tagging them like crazy, they're probably looking at it and they, they don't pick you. Like They're not the ones in charge of that. They get to decide if you come back, but they're mm. generally not the ones in charge of the initial booking because many times the celebrities themselves don't even know what an artist should portray to know that they're a great artist. We're not talking about just good hair because it's a okay. lot more than that. So the okay. people who are responsible for this, and I give you a list in the book, get out of your own way, available at the Monet Life. Okay. The people responsible for this know what to look for. They know what skills to look out for. They know what um, testimonials to look out for. Mm -hmm. They know what representation to look out. They know these things. So, yes, the gatekeepers are the ones who make these decisions because I can tell you this, every celebrity on their own has booked a hair, makeup, or wardrobe artist and regretted it. Mm -hmm. There are reasons why other people have this job. So what I'm hearing is, is that you need to buy the book. Uh, and so we'll definitely have that information in the show notes. Um, who has been your favorite celebrity client? You know, I work with so many that have been amazing. Um, since people will not get, let me get around this answer, I have to give you a few favorites. I really like working with Lily Mar Hernandez, who's a Disney girl. Um, who else makes me? Dominique Fishback who just started Project Power with Jamie Foxx. Mm -hmm. uh, Emily Tosta, 
Um, I love her. She's Latin and Latin down to the socks. So I, I love yes. when my clients are like super ethnic, Brenda Song, Asian down to the socks. Like I, I love my clients love that. like that. Um, Dominique, who I mentioned, because she loves to show her natural 4C texture. So mm -hmm. everything we do on her is using her 4C texture. Um, when I work with Viola Davis, uh, she hit me with so many life gems in that one day that I said, if I never work with you again, I will always hold these life gems that you taught me. So I am blessed that I have worked with some really great people. Of course, I have worked with not great people, but how would that benefit me to discuss that now? But I think we don't know. Yeah, it's not something that we need to discuss, but I'm certain that it taught you tons of lessons for yourself and your mm -hmm. business. Um, and so and one I'm, of the lessons, sorry mm -hmm. to cut you off, one of the lessons it taught me was if I get booked so often with the clients I love to work with, there won't be time for the clients I don't love to work with. That's amazing. Yeah, that's good. That's a great perspective to have. Um, tell me this. Um, what are some of the tips? Um, tips and motivators that you use to keep you going? Uh, tips and motivators. Uh, I probably just facts that I tell myself. I've never been good with working for anyone else. So if I don't keep this moving, I'm going to have to go back and do that. Mm. Uh, I didn't love having a roommate. If I don't keep making my own money, I might have to get a roommate. Those things are enough to scare the daylights out of me because I, I am not roommate or employee material. Let me tell you. Any other time, they've always told me, like, you are meant to lead and be on your own. And I'm like, mm. hey. you're right. That part. Um, other motivators, like, it sounds corny, but that uh, statement that's been going around the last few years on my ancestors' wildest dreams, mm -hmm. that really does motivate me. I don't have any tattoos when I'm thinking about that one because it really does motivate me. When I think about um, my maternal grandmother, how she always encouraged me to say whatever I felt needed to be said as long as it was respectful. Yeah. Or when I look at... Um, relatives or ancestors their past the decisions that they made and mm -hmm. i knew that many times they made those decisions out of um desperation and not having other options i'm like i that'll never be me i just want mm -hmm. my family to have pride for them to say you know monet everett that's my grandmama and you that. know I, I just i don't know it's like weird stuff that i see where they'll be like uh-uh monet everett's granddaughter would never do that I love that. It's all about that legacy um, yes. and the impact that you're leaving. And you've, sp you've spoken to that as we've, as we've gone along this interview. And another thing that I think is interesting is that when you were younger, your idea of success um, was sort of to make an impact. And, yes. and although your, your technical definition of your idea of success has changed, sort of, um, it's, you're still doing what you, what you've uh, sought out to do when you were younger. So um, I love when that connection happens. Um, you're also in a cool introspection where you um, went to school for communications and you are a public speaker. You um, went to cosmetology school and you are um, a celebrity hairstylist, right? And you've written these books. So tell us what, what made you um, decide to become an author after, you know, you were already doing all of these great things. There's always room for more. We definitely need to have multiple streams of income. I believe um, what's not talked about often is a hairstylist has a hard life 
physically, mm. mentally, and emotionally. So we know that um, it's hard standing up, but you'd be surprised the amount of issues hairstylists deal with from um, dislocating parts of their spines and their shoulders, wrists, bladder um, cancer, just mm. a lot of different things are rampant in the hairstyling community. And it's you're working hard on a hustle because most creatives don't realize that the business is so important. So you're always in turmoil mentally and emotionally. Like, just think about stuff like if my sister is getting married, do I get to go because I work on Saturdays and that's when I make all my money? Mm -hmm. You know, so I just didn't want to be that way. And I started a YouTube channel many years ago in my first book, uh, Stunning Braids. Uh, a publisher found me um, and we created the book. It's 25 DIY hairstyles to teach you how to braid your own hair. And there was nothing on the market like it at that time because I had all hair textures yeah. in the book and I had different ethnicities. And um, it was a sad realization that even in 2016, um, the market still was not ready for an integrated hair book like that. Yeah. And people would come up to me and they would buy the book, but they wanted to know about my career and how I got to where I am. So I had put off that book for so many years because I was like, what do I have to say? Like, there's so many other people out there um, with things to say. And then the world closed down and COVID happened, mm. you know, because I kept saying I didn't have time. And God was like, oh, let me help you. I'll, I'll yeah. find some time for you. Here's some time for you. Yeah, so I thought it would be like um, a 10-page download, like 10 tips on becoming a celebrity hairstylist. But as I wrote, it kept getting longer and longer and longer. And then I realized that because I didn't know what to do, I made so many mistakes. So mm -hmm. that's why I named it Get Out of Your Own Way. Because no, you're not responsible for racism, misogyny, or not having, not knowing exactly what to do. All of that is not on you. Mm -hmm. But let's start pulling away some pieces. Let's start creating more access and giving you the steps to know what to do when you find this access. What I find is like I make a joke out of, but I'm kind of serious. When opportunity knocks, most people don't know what to do with it. Correct. Get out of your own way. It will help you to lay out some actionable steps on knowing what to do to create your own opportunities and what to do to be ready. If, I don't know, because... Folks don't be hearing me. If Cardi B was scrolling through Instagram right now, because, you know, she got some time on her hands today. She has a little she, bit of time, for sure. If she, and let, you better know these celebrities are on. So I'm just going to use her, for example. If she was okay. scrolling, scrolling through, right, and she stopped at one of your amazing images, mm -hmm. what would happen from there? Is she going to go to your page and see more amazing images? So I want to point out one thing I just pointed out. I didn't say amazing hairstyles. I didn't say amazing makeup. I said an amazing image. Yeah. Okay. It's a full package. So is she going to see one amazing image on your grid or is she going to scroll and be, oh my, wow, look, we've got to have her. Or is she going to say, okay, I looked at 30 images and five were amazing. That is feeling, okay? Yes. Most of the time, hairstylists, makeup artists don't know what to put up. They don't know how to make it look great. They're putting, you know, pictures of their baby in there with pictures of um, what they ate. Yes, Cardi got pictures of her baby. She Cardi. You're, you're not yeah. yet. Yeah. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. People don't know how to build themselves <laughs> mm -hmm. up to make people want them. 
So when you make mistakes, you end up having to work twice or three times as hard because if Cardi has already come across your Instagram and it ain't right, and then somebody presents you to her mm. later, she's more likely to remember, uh-uh, seen this before. Yeah. Mm-mm, don't want mm-hmm. her. That's good. That's so good. Um, and so is your book just for people looking to get started um, or get out of their way in the hair industry or um, all arenas? So right. it's targeted okay. towards hairstylists because we always get left out for all of these books. There are very Sorry. few um, <laughs> books on the market for us, but any beauty professional especially will learn from it. I'm being told by other people who buy it in other industries. Like I've even had realtors buy it and they were like, oh my God. Mm. I did not know to do these things. I didn't know who to reach out to. I didn't know what they were looking for. I didn't know what it meant to have great images. In 2020, all of us need great images to show what we do. You're running a podcast. You didn't just grab any selfie of me and throw it on there. You created a beautiful graphic to draw attention so people wanted to hear what we had to say. Thank you. But yeah, no, you're right. It's so important. And I think now that more people are home, there's really no excuse. Mm Mm-hmm. No excuse. Well, this has been amazing. I am, I've learned more about you than I thought I would. Um, and I also think that um, your goal of make, leaving an impact was achieved um, in this. You helped some uh, some young lady and I'm certain she's going to buy your book. Um, do we have another book coming out anytime soon or what can we expect? I'm thinking on it. You know, I'm going to go live in a little bit and I'm going to be asking people, what do they want from me? Mm. I surprisingly, I really enjoyed doing this book. It was hard work, but to see, I think I'm up to like 150 sold. Love that. Excuse me. Hey Lauren, I see you guys. So, um, I'm like, wow, people want to hear it. People want this information. So I think I'm going to start taking more polls to see if people want it. And um, one of my favorite parts of this book is that it's instantly available. When you go to the monelife.com, you don't have to worry about it being shipped. You just get it and you download it and you can okay. read it right away. And I'm like, you know, I'm loving this internet, how we can take advantage of all this stuff and how, how we can reach people directly. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like the old person back in my day, back but in my day, yeah. back in my day, there was no social media. And if you could find an artist or a gatekeeper, they weren't letting you know who mm-hmm. they are and you couldn't reach out to them. It was, it was very elusive, you know, similar to, I hear Greeks talk about pledging. It was like, you want something really bad, but you can't tell people you want it. Yeah. So how do you get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're, you're giving us the tips and the tools, and I'm super excited for your success and also um, what's coming next for you. We've already touched and agree on the family. Can't wait to see yes. those images. Quick question. Do you think that um, uh, you should have a personal and business page? Yes, I. this is, and I talk about this in great detail. Monet does not have separate, Okay. Because Monet came up in a time where we only had business, okay? Mm -hmm. But let me tell you something. I have seen, like, there's some hairstylists and stuff out there who, like, love to twerk and show pictures of their kids and do this, Mm -hmm. that, and the other. I say live your life. If if rotating romantic suitors is your thing, you like to ride them like a carousel, Mm -hmm. live your life on a separate page. Got it. So, um, okay, you're going to make me go into a small story. Love the story. There was, and this really happened, so Lord Jesus, if you're on here or you know who I'm talking about, please don't point them out because that's not the point. I had an international client, and she would come to New York, and we would do photo shoots. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 
very wealthy woman. And she eventually took me back to her home country. But every time she would come, I would have a makeup artist do her makeup. Okay. And the makeup artist, in my opinion, started doing weird stuff like showing up way early to the appointments and stuff. Like not a little girl. I mean, three, four, five hours early. Okay. And I knew it was to try to get her attention. So now yeah. the international artist had, um, the international client had decided to take us to her home country. So the conversation started, and then the makeup artist is no longer on the emails. And I just said, oh, maybe they booked her separately. When I get there, she never came, and I asked the client why. And the client said, I noticed she must have been upset because over the last few um, months, every day she's posting and she's drinking. This was, a, this was a client in the Middle East who they don't allow drinking. She's aware that people drink because she travels, but she said they don't allow drinking in this country, and I would be a fool to bring somebody over here who maybe has an alcohol problem and has to tell everybody that she drinks. Mm -hmm. I was there for 10 days. This person missed out on an international trip wow. of 10 days. And maybe the client might have saw her being a little shady, too, you know, with showing up early for the appointments. But you, my point is you never know what people are thinking of you, so why yeah. give them extra ammunition? That, that trip was life-changing. I okay. never thought I would be flown across the world wow. for my talent. I just didn't know it was possible and not at my level at the time. And the client said, Monet, what I see of you, you post your work, you post professionalism, the personal stuff that you post is like on your Insta stories, and it might be food or family. I love people that love family. I'm big on family, as you guys can tell. So I try my hardest to attract that clientele. Listen, if you like to bust it down and you live a Key Valley way of life, that's wonderful. But if it's not connected to your hair and makeup, maybe yeah. put that on a separate page. And let's be clear, if you are doing hair and makeup for the strippers, shout out to you. Totally not anti that life. But let's take some photos like this. You get what I'm saying? Without everything hanging out, you so would be funny. surprised. Maybe the first lady might have wanted to book you because you do amazing hair and makeup. Now she can't bring herself to book you. What if the head of the PTA, what if the freaking um, head of the NAACP wants to book you? Yeah, You'd no, be that's surprised. So people I are watching. A, people are watching your page. They are. I had um, a really big client tell me she was offended because in my signature, I had a naked lady. I was like, a naked lady? What I couldn't comprehend what she was talking about. I had a woman who her hair was behind her like this. Yeah. And she didn't have on a shirt. But she showed all you could see was the hair. Uh, and the woman literally said, No, there's no straps or nothing. She's naked. In a million years, I didn't think anybody wow. would look at that picture and see a naked woman. And I'm like, well, she had on pasties in the front. Nothing in the front was shown. Yeah. The bare back. Offended her, so you yes, I was know. irritated at. I was irritated at first, mm -hmm. and then I said, "Is this particular image so important to me that it's worth arguing mm. with her about?" That's good. It wasn't. I had other great images. Switch it out. Always got to be ready to. 
switch up that game. Now, I kept it on my website, and on my website, you might see a little nibble in there, too, because it's on, under artistic work. I was going to say, it's artistic, for sure. Under um, artistic. Mm -hmm. did, now, were you, did you stay working with that client? Was she a retained client? Okay, yeah. So you so well, you didn't want to risk that, right? If you would yeah. have said, if you would have stuck to your guns and said, no, this is the image, blah, 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 then she might not have called you back. So that's that's yeah. an awesome story. Now, me being me, I had to explain it. And when mm -hmm. she was unmoved, I said, but now that you say it that way, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, slide that image out of the book. There were so many, uh, out of my signature, there were so many other amazing images that I have in my book. So it was like, why not just go to something else that shows my beautiful hairstyling skills that didn't make her, you know, feel any type of way. But she's one of my top clients. I would attribute thousands of dollars a year to just her. You want a different image when I email you? Okay, boo. No problem. <laughs> no problem. It didn't hurt me. No problem. No problem. I love that. Um, okay, so we are wrapping up. And I have um, the signature question that I ask everybody. But prior to asking you that, I have a personal question, a selfish question almost. Um, okay, take your time. Let me grab a Tito. Yeah, take your tea, take it, take it, Tito, not Tito's. Hey, no judgment <laughs> if it was. No judgment. Um, so in this quarantine time, I have not been able to get my hair done the way I want to. LA has been shut down. You hear me? Um, and so I've been doing the wash and goes and all of the things of this nature. Um, but what I have found is that with my as my hair gets longer, I don't know why this is, the wash and go like the next day looks almost like trash. So what are sleeping tips for wash and goes? Pineapple doesn't work for me anymore because it's it's overflowing. So please help me. Okay, so probably putting more product on your hair and really letting it set down hard. Um, do you section and take small micro sections? So you want to start with fours. And then so that right there, that's okay. going to make a major difference. Go through like an inch at a time. Okay. I am Mrs. Jackson said, please help her all. That's my roommate. We're just going to ignore her. <laughs> okay. I'm like, oh, don't be like that. We're just going to ignore her. Go through and take micro sections and layer each product. So you're starting with four. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you'll start going through, like, and do this much from root down, this much from root down, root to tip, not mm -hmm. just to throw it in your hair and shake it out and go. If you have a sit under dryer, see, if you have a sit under dryer, um, take your time and sit under it. You want to dry your hair down so it looks almost like oodles and noodles, like, because that's a set. So people are not thinking about, remember back in the day when you would go get a roller set? Mm -hmm, it was those mm -hmm. hard curls the and crunch. then they washed them out and they got soft? Yeah. You put something in your hair that makes it get hard. Like um, a lot of people like creams, if that works for you, I end up needing gel because my hair is really soft and gel <laughs> kind of holds it and reinforces. Okay. Let it dry that way and then sleep with it in a pineapple. So the okay. next day when you're taking it down, there's room to shake it out and there will still be product left on it. That's probably the easiest way. You might need a harder whole product, like some things that I'm using that I like is like the Weed Add Anti-Humidity Gel. I like that a lot. Okay. Um, okay. I've seen other people that can put shea butter and get a hell of a twist out or the Aveda um, Anti-Humectant and get a hell of a... 
the way my hair is uh, set up, I always need a gel and I always need to make it really hard in order to get any type of hold. But like I said, don't think about um, oodles and noodle head like that. Think about back in the day those roller sets. Those yeah. rollers look crazy right when you took them out. And then she got to brushing and styling and you was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I need to take more time. I need to do it in sections. I need to let it dry. So don't do the air drying. I need to sit under a dryer. No, try, well, I would say sit under the dryer. I would start there because we want to see if the products that you're using are working for you. Okay. Okay. Good point. And sometimes air drying, it just doesn't give you the same thing. So this is going to tell you, okay, these products are working or, or I got to find a new routine. Love that. Thank you. No uh, TT asked, how should us naturals be dealing with our hair during quarantine? I've been seeing tons of single strand knots. Okay, so single strand knots, baby, you got to trim your hair. Um, hope, most states, not all salons are open again. Go in and get you a cut. It's been okay, a while. Get a cut. Um, for me, like, my hair is in braids, like, big braids or twists until I go on camera. Quarantine told you leave your hair alone and live your life not worried about hair, and I believe in that. Love Protective that. styles are what I would go to because I can't really tell you how to – wear your hair but protective styles on the move perfect thank you so much this has been amazing and so although you answered my question it was um you know you taught me a little bit about you know a little bit about a lot but i'm gonna ask for the people right the general public that was that was selfishly for me so as you know i'm the amateur expert i know a little bit of a, a little bit about a lot so could yeah. you please share with me a random fact a random tidbit of information that i can say monet taught me this oh Ooh. see i should have read all the questions down to the end so that was the last one I <laughs> You've got so many, I'm certain. I do. Okay, so Monet taught you that having a skill is the minimum requirement. What's mm. important are the communication, marketing, and business skills that go along with it. Love that. And that, my friends, is how we're closing out this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to have all of Monet's information in the show notes by her book, Oh, stream her or watch her, her uh, YouTube, follow her, watch her lives and get your entire life. I will be back to report the air dry versus the uh, sitting under the dryer and I will let you know how that goes. Thank you again for everyone who tuned in. We'll be back on Friday with Tanya or um, how did I get to speak on the main stage at Essence? Can't wait. Monet, Ooh, I'll, be I'll be um, tuning into that. Tune I wanna, in. No, I want to be on the main stage at Essence. Baby, too. Tanya B. Ball is on it. So let's be still for a few seconds just to have a good screenshot for the um for posting and then we're, we're good to go thank you again everyone who's listening and we're going to smile in now <laughs> perfect everyone have a good Girl, night so and we will see you cross. soon <laughs> you have to because otherwise like when you go through with everyone you look they play many games with them so yeah send me that photo thank you for having me y'all check me out at simonelife.com perfect have a good night everyone thank you Bye.